the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So, are you still working from home? Lots of people are, apparently. Talk to anybody who owns a half-empty office building. It's one of the remnants of the COVID insanity. I worked at home for over a year, and in the last year, we've learned a lot about how ridiculous the lockdowns and the masks and the social distancing and the plexiglass and the restaurants were. And we're finding out good, uh, we're, we're able to find good candidates for this. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, this is uh, a guy named Scott Galloway. He's a professor at NYU School of Business. Somehow he showed up on a panel on Bill, Mar- Bill Maher's show with the former governor of New York on the panel also. That would be Andrew Cuomo. Well, I was on the board of my kids' school during COVID. I wanted a harsher lockdown policy, and in retrospect, I was wrong. The the damage to kids of keeping them out of school longer was greater than the risks. But here's the bottom line. Myself, our, our great people the CDC, I'd like to think the governor, we were all operating with imperfect information and we were doing our best. So it's, oh, it's, it's, well. so let's, but let's learn from it. Let's learn from it. Let's learn from it. Let's hold each other accountable. But let's bring a little bit of grace and forgiveness in the, yes. the shit show that was part of How about no? How about no to that? You were also sending the cops after people who disagreed with you. And by the way, as he was saying that on the panel there, Cuomo, who was responsible for thousands of people dying after he sent infected senior citizens back to rest homes and was responsible, by the way, for destroying thousands of businesses in New York, he sat there nodding in agreement. Yeah, I should be forgiven. Yeah, it's, yeah, come on, leave me alone here. People like him and Scott Galloway got off way too easy. But at least Scott can be proud of becoming the AM 1250 The Answer Jerk of the Week. And Andy Cuomo is going to be jealous. When we come back, uh, speaking of COVID stupidity, your tax dollars were used to spend $3.3 billion on furniture while federal employees were working at home. Andrew, Adam, I'm sorry, Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com will be here with that. And how your money is being used to pay for communist Chinese scientists who are working at home right now in China. And in our second half hour, we'll have an update on the stupidity of the South Side uh, and what's going on over there from a business owner who has had to deal with that every day. Stick around. The uh, Becoming aware of government waste is all, always annoying, but it's even more annoying when you see the price of everything uh, going up while the government is confiscating your money and then flushing it down the toilet. That would be a lot worse if it were not for people like Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com. And he joins us now. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Always good to have you. Well, great to be on the program, John. Thanks for having me back. So we just gave out our... Our Jack, uh, we, we just gave out our Jerk of the Week award to a school board member who's asking for forgiveness for being a, a lockdown fanatic and then keeping kids at home. 
You have a story about how the government wasted a few billion dollars on furniture while federal employees were working at home. <laughs> right. They never slowed down their furniture purchases. John, yeah. this is a classic case of the use it or lose it end of year spending phenomenon where the federal agencies spend down their budgets this year to get the same or more from Congress next year. And it happened in furniture after they sent all their employees home. The employees were paid to stay home, and the federal agencies continued to load up on furniture to the tune of $3.3 billion during the pandemic. Yeah, and my favorite was the uh, solar-powered picnic tables. I thought that was a good, nice touch. Well, who knew? Who knew that such a thing even existed? Yeah. And they're expensive. They're between $7,000 and $12,000 a piece. You know, so you got the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. They botched the they botched the rollouts of the testing kits, if you remember, early on in the pandemic. You know, the American people lost trust in them, but they spent a quarter million dollars on solar powered picnic tables. <laughs> who got the who got to eat at them? I mean, what? Who? <laughs> I don't know. I think the birds, yeah. the birds <laughs> ate at them. Well, but but when when you hear them hear that they're buying stuff like that, who there's got to be somebody in charge of handing out the the solar powered picnic tables. Who? How do you qualify for one? It's uh, it's just it's beyond belief. Well, it is. It's, it it's already led to hearings in Congress. So the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee had the chief of the General Services Administration, the GSA, in the hot seat, and they asked them these hard questions last week. Uh, look, you've got agencies like the State Department. They purchased $120,000 worth of expensive high-end leather recliners from Ethan Allen. Now, look, in, uh, in 2007, I had an exit from business. My brother and I, we started a company from scratch, grew it to $20 million, and a buyer uh, purchased my shares and I was out. I did a little better in life than I thought I ever would. Mm -hmm. But guess what? I don't shop at Ethan Allen. It's too expensive. <laughs> What's well, your money? You're not. You're spending your own money. <laughs> right. No, that's for sure. And then you got agencies that you've never heard of, like the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. And so, what do they do? They back private sector pensions that run out of money, and they guarantee them with our money, with taxpayer money, you know, to make sure that retirees are, are, are still taken care of in retirement. Yeah. And so, you know, basically, the union pensions in this country were so underfunded, this, this fund was going to go bankrupt by 2026. And in the American Rescue Act plan, they bailed them out for $80 billion. Now they're funded through, like, 2065. Guess what they did for the first – guess what the, one of the first things they did? They went into new office space, spent $15 million on furniture. It's 1000 bucks for every, every employee at this place. And that's when you get bailed out, I guess that's what a federal agency does. They load up on expensive furniture in a new office. And, and they were buying new furniture for these federal employees while they were – somebody so, – <laughs> the person in charge of deciding to spend the money – they probably made the decision based on a meeting they had with someone on Zoom who was sitting in their underwear at home. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, look, you got the EPA doing the same thing. The EPA, they downsized their office space. They upsized their furniture. They never put the old furniture in the new place, ever. No, they don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah, so the EPA, like, 
as you said, they, they reduced office space by a lot. And if they if they are a private business, they would say, "Well, this is good. We we can we don't need to go buy any new furniture." And they did the exact opposite. They did the exact opposite. And so, look, last night it was nearly midnight on the East Coast when House Republicans passed the budget for the EPA, and they've slashed 40% of it, and I'm proud to say that an amendment passed. It was Amendment 122. It passed by voice vote, which eliminates guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment for the EPA special agent. The EPA special agent, that agent with arrest and firearm authority for the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, is now defunded also passes this provision. And that's built on all of our body of research and evidence of, of spending on these things at OpenTheBooks.com. Yeah, that's, I remember we talked to you about that. Um, and so somebody paid we attention. We spent a lot of time on that yeah. together over the years, John. Yeah, and so they, somebody finally paying attention to it. And is, it, is the bill going to pass? Well, it's kicked over to the yeah. Senate, and, you know, I mean, all bets Who are knows, off. Yeah. I mean, you've got the House Republicans passing fiscally conservative bills, and you've got the Democrat majority in the Senate that's operating under MMT, modern monetary theory, that wants to take the national debt literally to $50 trillion. What? Well, look, it was uh, two months ago, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, was in the hot seat of the U.S. Senate. And she's under questioning from Ron Johnson, the U.S. Senator out of Wisconsin. And she, she testified she see that, that she admits the national debt's going to $50 trillion at current spending rates, and she sees nothing wrong with it. Good with that. Well, that, that number doesn't mean anything. Trillion used to be, I, I can remember thinking that was, the trillion was a number like gazillion. You know, it, like it was a number that it didn't really exist. It was just a number that people made up to you know, right. sound... But it's an actual number now that you, it's the number that, I guess, trillion is the new billion. It certainly seems that way. So we've done analysis, John, on the national debt. And in 1982, which wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. 40 years ago, the national debt was less than $1 trillion. And to your point, now we just exceeded $33 trillion. Well, what could go wrong there? So... Uh, we're talking to Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com. So what's the latest on our government subsidizing Chinese companies? That was an amendment. Uh, also, I get my weeks confused, John. It's been so hot and heavy. At the yeah. end of last week, uh, the U.S. Senate took it up. Josh Hawley took up our research. We had done it in conjunction with the staff at Joni Ernst. She's the U.S. Senator from Iowa. On the $1.3 billion since 2017, taxpayer money that funded entities in communist China. And so Hawley's amendment passed on a, on a bipartisan vote in the U.S. Senate to stop taxpayer money from any Chinese corporation, and they're all owned by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. So again, our research, boom, gets passed in the well of the Senate. And my favorite there, I think I saw it on the, at the website at openthebooks.com, there was $96,000 spent on a a cartoon exhibition, a, 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 a transgender cartoon exhibition. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, in China. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of all kinds of waste that we uncovered on the and within the within the payments to not only China, but also to the other adversary, Putin's Russia. You know, I mean, literally, we're lost in space with the Russians. 
Like there's, I forget the numbers, but there's been hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars paid of U.S. taxpayer money into the Russian space program. Now, how does and that you know, happen? Well, because we do these joint efforts, you know, with Russian cosmonauts now to uh, to space, where they live out there on the, uh, and they get shuttled back and forth, and we depend on the Russians now because we fund them for the shuttling. But here's the deal: the rockets, the rocket technology that puts puts the shuttles now in orbit, that is technology the Russian military, of course, repurposes for its nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. So to the extent we ever get hit by a Russian nuke in this country, it's on technology that you and I have paid for. Oh, boy. Now, here's the thing. We're talking to Adam Angievsky. You can find this uh, amazing and disturbing stuff at OpenTheBooks.com. You, you've just given a couple examples of how the government has taken your research and then acted upon it and tried to fix a few things. Right. How is it that I know what you, you guys work hard over at OpenTheBooks.com, but why couldn't there be a government agency that's doing what you're doing? And, and wow. that could be funded by the taxpayers because it would be money well spent because it would be, in the long run, saving taxpayer money. So there's actually two federal agencies that do this, and with, with varying degrees of, of effectiveness. Um, one is the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, mm -hmm. and they, they actually audit, and they come in with some very, very interesting audits. And sometimes we'll do news articles on what they've discovered. And then you have the Congressional Research Service. And so, so when a member of Congress has a question, they'll have the CRS research that question for them. And again, their reports... Um, illuminate issues. They provide uh, information to members of Congress and to the public writ large. Uh, but look, we, we always go deeper, and I, I think when we delve into a subject, we get the gory details because we dig, and we keep digging, and we don't quit till we, we get the story. And you don't have people working for you who say, you know, I don't think we want to know that. Let's just skip <laughs> over that. That's kind of embarrassing, right? Seriously, though, those agencies... They, I would guess that especially someone like you who's been spending so much time looking at costs, uh, you probably wouldn't have a hard time cutting those agencies in half and having nobody notice that only half as many people are working for them. Well, nobody, nobody would notice the federal bureaucracy, the headcounts have spiked under Joe Biden. Actually, under President Trump, you know, he promised to drain the swamp. He was uh, mildly successful. He was holding the headcounts flat through his first three years of the presidency. He had cut uh, the headcounts in about 120 federal agencies, but his campaign promises to the veterans for veterans' health care and on the border, he had beefed up the headcount numbers at the Department of Homeland Security and at Veterans Affairs. Um, so the headcounts were relatively flat, just slightly ahead uh, when Trump left office, but Biden's put him on steroids. So also uh, colleges that have been slow to condemn anti-Semitism the last few weeks on their campuses have been in the news a lot lately. Uh, Harvard and Penn, for example. How are you and I contributing to them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we have a breaking news story. This is the radio exclusive, John. I haven't done radio on it yet, but let's do it right here on your program. Uh, breaking news story, top of the website at foxnews.com, played on Varney today on Fox Business. And, and here's, here's our findings on Harvard and the University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy League school. And it, it, between the two schools, there's about $11 billion of taxpayer aid on taxpayer-provided subsidies, contracts and grants, and special tax treatment on their endowments. 
So they are organized as public educational charities. And I think Congress needs to hold hearings on whether they're operating in their special interest, which they're not allowed to do, or if they're operating in the public interest of the country. Well, what, why am I being taxed to give them money when they have endowments that are in the billions of dollars? Well, and who knew, right? Who yeah. knew the Ivy League was taxing you? Yeah, yeah. But what? And that's, that's exactly you know, our position. There should be clawback. They should lighten the load on the American taxpayer. Uh, I think Harvard took over $4 billion over the course of the last five years in federal grants. These but where does that money go, Adam? Where, for what? Well, they, you know, they do research with it. Um, you know, I mean, Cornell University in 2017 took a million-dollar grant on a study where it hurts the most to be stung by a bee. <laughs> I, I can think of a couple of places, but <laughs> well, uh, without, uh, actually, without con- study, con- con- you know, con- uh, conferring with anybody from Cornell or wherever it was. They, I read this study, and in fact. Uh, they determined after $1 million, and they stung themselves everywhere you can think of, well, yeah. that it was the nostril that hurt the most. Uh, well, uh, that kind of makes sense. Uh, they did, here's my, my uh, take on their study, without really you know, looking into the details of it, is that they didn't sting themselves enough. <laughs> That's right. I would, I, and a matter of fact, I might be willing to give them another million dollars if it would mean they'd be stung some more. Well, and keep them occupied, right? So yeah. They could hurt us less than other areas. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> how about the ta- – how, how do they get the tax bre- – explain endowments to me and how they get a tax break on it. So uh, when a wealthy donor gives money to, an or- to, uh, to a public charity in this country and, – and look, openthebooks.com, we're a public charity. Mm-hmm. You know, people give us money, and there's rules. There's tax rules. The IRS manages this. And you can get a deduction from your income taxes to give away the money. It's like giving away money to church, right? Right. Um, you can deduct that according to the rules that the IRS um, lays out. And then the, when you give that gift to a charity, they don't have to pay tax on it. There's no income tax because they're, they're in for the public good. They're, oh, you know, okay. they're in, in specific to the Ivy League schools, they're providing education as their mission. But what we determined was... Harvard and University of Pennsylvania is more government contractor today than they are educator. They collected more on government contracts and grants than they collected in undergraduate student tuition. So, again, I think, you know, Congress needs to they need to get answers. They need to call the presidents of these universities who will not crack down on their student body that's terrorizing the Jewish communities locally and they will not condemn Hamas for their terrorist invasion of Israel. We need, we need answers from these people. How are they operating in the public good? Or are they just operating in their own special interest, their own, you know, their own private interest? Well, I'm glad you're out there asking, Adam. And it's always good to have you on the show. And I'm sure in the next few weeks, you'll come up with something else that we'll be able to talk about. we and, got a lot of good stuff coming down the pike soon, John. Well, good. I'll be looking forward. We'll have you on again soon. Thanks. Sounds great. All right. That's Adam Angieski. You can find this stuff at OpenTheBooks.com. I'll be right back. Well, if you spent some time on the south side this weekend, maybe you got a special treat for Halloween. 
maybe you were able to hear the gunshots and watch the crowds scatter Saturday night. Um, we know some of the homeless people camping out there have been kicked out in the last few weeks, but how are the criminals doing, the, the crime-committing community over there? Rich Kupka owns Kupka Cafe 2 on the south side. He knows all about it. He joins us now. Rich, thanks for being here. Thank you, John. So uh, we had you on the show back in July to talk about the, the south side turning into Dodge City over there and what the city was doing or, I guess, not doing about it. Uh, based on what happened Saturday night, I'm getting the feeling things aren't getting much better. Uh, no, they're not. And not only aren't they getting better, uh, the city's not reporting shootings and so forth. What do you mean by that? They're not reporting it. So we get a report from the Pittsburgh police every Monday. And uh, we get we get it. There's like 22 traffic citations, 30-some uh, parking tickets. Uh, no mention of the shootings, which is the most important thing, you know. And we have it on video, uh, and the shot spotter is not working now in Southside too. What's that? So it's either the shot spotter. The shot spotter. Yeah. What's that? You know, if there's a if there's a shooting, uh, they have the, the, the technology to say where the sh- shots are coming from. Okay. So, so they they have reports of jaywalking. But they don't mention the shooting. Exactly. Did you ask for an explanation from anybody on that? Well, if if you uh, heard what how they uh, responded, you can't you can't figure that. It's like uh, you know Joe Biden talking. So who did you uh, who do you call and who do you ask and what do they say? Well, we you know you go to a meeting uh-huh. and then you ask the, the uh, representatives there, and then. Uh, Everybody's like, uh, we don't know about this, we don't know about that. But they're very diligent on traffic tickets, uh, parking tickets, you know. Revenue for them. They're making money on that. Well, but so you go to a meeting about, have you you gone to a meeting about the shooting on Saturday night? No, no, uh, we haven't had a meeting for that yet. Okay. But I'll I'll give you a little history. Okay. So uh, last year, we had over 120 shootings in Southside. And go to the meeting, and uh, the lady from public safety, liaison or whatever, she's there, and she passes out a piece of paper uh, uh, showing the number of shootings per month. And it came to, like, 12 shootings in the whole year. And I'm thinking there has to be a a misprint here somewhere. You know, uh, what's going on? Because I know there's over 120. And the Pittsburgh police are only reporting 12. And, uh, you know, so you could have over, uh, you know, five, 600 bullets going off in Southside, but if no one gets hit, it's not reported. So that's, that's, the, that's what makes the difference. If, if until someone is actually wounded or killed, it didn't happen. Exactly. And um, how aware are, is the average person on the Southside who lives or does business there how aware is that person of what you just described? I know you, you've been uh, very much aware and trying to do something about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, they, they get their reports from, you know, they, they get the same reports, and they look at it and say, oh, it's not that bad. But it's not it's not reality, you know. I We had uh, three shootings in the last uh, two weeks down here in Southside, and it hasn't been reported at all, so, except on the news, you know, because 
you seen the you seen the uh, video I sent you, right? Yeah, the uh, Channel Eleven I saw you sent me. They did a video yeah. showing uh, you can hear the shots and the people scattering. That was uh, yeah. two thirty in the morning, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, exactly. So it's after the bars close. Is that when it starts happening? When people are you know let out onto the streets after the bars have closed? Is that when the most trouble? Uh, I, 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 not really, because I mean there was a shooting at Giant Eagle about a month ago. At uh, six o'clock at night. What, now, what happened uh, in that shooting? Who got shot? It's in the uh, parking lot. No one lot? got shot. There was a, there was a shoot. Yeah, a shooting in the parking lot. No one got shot. Not reported by the police. So, how do you know about it? Just word of mouth. Oh yeah, because I mean, uh, there's there's you know multiple uh, Facebook pages that you know say, hey, we just had a shooting down here, and then you you know and then you find out about it. But uh, if you would look at the reports from the Pittsburgh police. There's, there's hardly any shootings out here. So if you called the, if you called the, the, the cops, you called the city police and you said, hey, uh, everybody out here knows that there was a shooting at the Giant Eagle uh, yesterday at 6 o'clock. Uh, what are you guys doing about it? Um, do you know, have any idea who was involved? Have you done any investigating to find out who this person is? What do they say when John, you ask them? I mean, John, they're so understaffed, they, they can't keep track of the murders. Not alone a shooting. Oh, okay. So, in other so, words, they uh, don't want to hear about it. There were 250 uh, officers uh, dying. Uh, so, I mean, we're lucky. We're the clearance rate for murders in Pittsburgh is less than 50 percent. The the, the it, used to be, it used to be like 90s 20 years ago. The 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 what rate? The clearance rate. You know, solving a murder. Solving it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a number in Chicago. It was uh, like something like twenty percent a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're you're pretty safe, if you want, you got a pretty good chance of getting away with a murder. If you're in Pittsburgh, I guess no. Yeah, well, what you're saying, you got about a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I, I, these people who who are the people who live on the South Side. Okay, there are still lots of people living there. It's not just business owners there's an election on tuesday are they all going to vote for the same people again i uh, you know uh all my friends that are democrats mm-hmm. are all voting for zapala and rocky good uh i'm i'm surprised you know i mean uh hardcore democrats committee men war chairman uh of the democratic party are well they won't announce it because yeah, they don't want right. to get lose their jobs but they're voting for uh, Zapala and Rocky. You know, I've heard that a lot, uh, Rich, um, from people who have have said not just that they are these these are, uh, are Republicans who are telling me the same thing that you just said that uh, they they can't believe the number of Democrats who are telling them that they're not voting for that socialist or the or the right. Soros DA. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, it's it's not it's not fifty percent, eighty percent. It's a hundred percent. Everyone I. Every Democrat that I talked to said, oh, can't vote for them, too. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll find out on Tuesday if it's affected by any of this. Uh, we're talking to Rich Kupka. He owns uh, Kupka Cafe, too, on the south side. How's business for you? I, it's not bad. I mean, I'm not I'm not in the war zone below 18th Street. Yeah. So it's not that bad up above 20th. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the people below uh, 20th Street are, you know, at the mercy of idiots. Yeah, well, you were on here on uh, here on ju- on the show here in July, and you talked about businesses closing back then. Is it still happening? Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. We just had another one close, uh, double white closed. Uh, that's been here for over 20 years. Uh, they say they're rebranding. Um, they have a pop-up Halloween thing in there now. But uh, we have 55 vacancies on East Carson, 26%. Um, it's, it's not getting any better. And uh, I, I know the people that own uh, rentals below 18th Street are having trouble filling them. Oh, yeah. I, that's not a place where I'd be renting right now. Why would I want to go there? And, mm-hmm. and, and for a while, it was becoming the place to be, right? That's where everybody oh, wanted yeah, well, to be. I mean, what changed, yeah, Rich? For, well, the, uh, it started under Perduto with his, uh, you know, his mindset of uh, progressive policies. You know, if you don't like the homeless, shop in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what everybody's doing. But, mm-hmm. You know, if you look down time... The office space is fifty uh, percent vacant, uh, they're getting and it's going to get worse. Yeah, and you know, and the mayor was down there, uh, what two weeks ago saying everything is good. Two days, the following two days, there's two stabbings down there. And if you look at the buildings and look at the office space available, and if you look at the property reassessments uh, appeals, seventy percent of the buildings downtown are uh, property tax assessment appeals, and they were going to win because. The value of a property comes from the rent that's collected. Yeah. And, and they will win. They're, they're going to show no rent. Yeah. Um, did you have, could you have foreseen this a few years ago when things were really good on the south side? And, you know, this is the thing. Uh, I don't, I'm not a drinker. I don't go to bars. I don't, I don't go downtown. I'm not, I'm, I'm not somebody who would be a customer of yours on the south side because I just don't venture down there. But I know a lot of people who do. Um uh, I I just I don't understand um, what's happened because well I mean you're, you're you're explaining what's happened but it's amazing I guess is what I'm trying to say is because it wasn't that long ago that when you said South Side to somebody that the the image that you got in your mind was oh that's a good place to go people have a good time a lot of great restaurants now if somebody says the South Side what do you think of uh, shootings riots violence. And what's gonna? What could change it? Well, I mean, it's uh, we could change this in a weekend if you let the police do their jobs, mm-hmm. uh, arrest people for uh, you know violence, shootings, and say you know let them let them go. It will you know if you hold people accountable for their actions, it will change in a weekend. So the people who are who are getting caught doing this stuff, they're back on the street right away. Do you do you see? Are, are there people? If not you, because you're not in this, as you said, you're not in the war zone. But for the people who are in the war zone, are, do they recognize the the uh, the characters who are doing this and they keep coming back? Is uh, it- I don't know, you know, if, if it's the same people over and over and over. But yeah. you know, if, if you if you look at the you know the uh, the shootings that uh, one juvenile in Allegheny County had seven gun charges, and he was released, you know. And as he's being released, the judge gives him a card. If you need anything, just give me a call. So he, he had seven gun charges, and he's walking the streets. That's how bad it is. Um, how much of this is uh, what you're not allowed to talk about, which is a race issue? What's that? How much of this is uh, as a race issue uh, that, that the uh, kids, young black men from 
uh, surrounding neighborhoods have, have started showing up there. I hear that. I don't hear it, you know, uh, officially, but that's what you hear. And you're not allowed to say it, I know, but, you know, if you're willing well, to... Well, I, I mean, it's, it's not... It's, it's both black and white down here in Southside. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's not just one. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's lack, of, lack of accountability uh, for their actions. And the police have their hands tied by the administration. And then when they go to court, the judge, you know, the judge less than that, like the uh, uh, Xander uh, Orenstein let a guy with $2 million worth of fentanyl walk the streets. And he hasn't been fined yet. Well, what's it going to take to get, uh, let me ask you this. Do you think the media are giving this the coverage it deserves? You mentioned that Channel 11 did something on the, the incident Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, uh, the media didn't even know about the city not uh, uh, being transparent as to the shootings in Southside and probably across the city. Uh, you know, so you have, you have to make them aware of it. And when I told the, you know, that Channel 11 was over, I said, hey, do you know about this? And they didn't know nothing about it. And um, most of the people don't know either because they just read the, the reports, you know, from the city and they take it as gospel. And it's not. It's, it's Bernie Madoff would blush at the, the, the uh, numbers from the city of Pittsburgh as to shootings. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, I kind of know how TV news works and, and just news in general. People, uh, they have people monitoring the, the police radio. Well, yeah. if, if the cops aren't talking about it on the radio, it didn't happen. Exactly. Yep. And so when, when you, so how did, how did Channel 11 get the video that they used for the piece that where they showed the shooting Saturday night? Well, I, I uh, shared the video with, uh, with uh, Channel 11 and they came down and they said, what, what happened here? And I told them. Okay. But where did you, you know, get the video? Just, a, just a, from your phone or somebody else's phone? Yeah, a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that you know, if, if we didn't have the video, uh, we couldn't prove that the Pittsburgh police uh, reports are wrong. But we do have the video, and if you you know when you talk to the you know and the and the police are good, you know the, the patrolmen and all that. Oh yeah. But when you get up when you get up into the administration, where people could get fired if uh, you know if they say something wrong. You know, they've become like uh, Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. <laughs> well, the best news you've had here um, on this appearance on the show, and I'm guessing it's not going to be your last, Rich, is that uh, the people you talk to, the Democrats you talk to, are, have had enough and they're going to vote for Rocky. Boy, that'd be great if that would happen, and Zapala for that matter. Um, so I hope that's the case. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. But uh, thanks for coming on and hang in there. Good luck. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Okay, that's Rich Kupka, and check him. Go to go if you're on the South Side. Just go to Kupka Cafe too, and spend a couple of bucks. I'll be right back. Well, I think um, we should finish the week with some sports. Um, I think field hockey is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Just for starters, and I say that even though my granddaughter played it, and I used to go watch her play. She was a goalie. Um, in high school, and I just I watched it, and I I just never understood why the the sticks were so small. Uh, if you've never watched field hockey, it would be like the Penguins. Uh, it would like it would be like 
watching a hockey game and the people playing cut their sticks in half before they started playing so that they had to bend over instead of being able to stand up and skate with the stick. I'll start with that. But I got a story here from from Massachusetts uh, about field hockey. It's an interesting story. Uh, The headline is Roundup, Big Blue, Big Time Performance from Grutuis. The number 12 Swamp Scott field hockey team defended home turf and advanced the next round uh, to the next round of the state tournament with a 2 to nothing win against number 21 Dighton Rehoboth. Swamp Scott led at the break thanks to a goal from Northeastern Conference All-Star Sawyer Gruthwis. The Big Blue had a corner and the ball was loose in front of the goal. Gruthwis was quickest to react. He poked it. Oops, I may gave away the punchline. And poked it from home for the early cushion. In the second half, it was Gruthus again, finding the back of the net and sealing the game. Number 12, Swamp Scott, will travel to face number 5, Foxborough, with the, set, with the time and date to be announced. He's a guy! Sawyer Gruthus is a, a male, okay? There's a picture of him here. He looks like he's about 6'5 and weighs 112 pounds. He's really skinny. They have a picture of him battling with one of the girls, you know, opposing on the opposing team. And the stick for him is just ridiculously small because he's so tall. It's just just insane. But this guy, uh, not only did he score the two goals, but he did something else. He took a shot, a really hard shot, and it hit one of the girls in the face, and it knocked her teeth out, and she went to the hospital, okay? There's a video that I you can see it up on Twitter. That's where I found it. You find it somewhere. Um, the girl, you can hear the girl screaming in pain because she's lost her teeth. That ball's hard, by the way. That's the one thing I will say. And the goalies wear lots of equipment. Um, but this story uh, by the local news. This is Greg. Greg Price uh, tweeted it. He said, "I did some research, and the dude's name who smoked this chick in the face." is Sawyer Gruthwis. Not only did he send her to the hospital, but he also was a county field hockey all-star and scored the only goals of of this game. I just read you the story, which was a state playoff match. And the local news wrote it up, praising him as if it's totally normal. You have to see the picture of this guy. He's tall. He's skinny. And he needs to have someone's brother boyfriend, father, beat the crap out of him. That's what he needs. Whoever, somebody related to that girl who had her teeth knocked out needs to meet this creep after a game and punch him in the face, maybe knock a few of his teeth out. That's, I hate, I'm, a, I'm a totally opposed to violence, don't get me wrong, but that, that's what needs to happen to this guy. He walks off the field and somebody's there, hey, that was my sister whose teeth you just knocked out, Punch him right in the mouth, knock his teeth out. And beyond that, the girls need to just refuse to play against him. They, they're too stupid to do that. I've been saying it here for a couple of years, more than that, three or four years. The only way to fix this, when they see this creep show up, nobody plays, agrees to play with him or against him. But if they're going to do it, where is somebody's father, brother, boyfriend, some, cousin, some guy to knock this guy's teeth out? That's what needs to happen. I'll be looking forward to seeing uh, whether or not that happens, and I'll be very disappointed if it doesn't. In the meantime, have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.